Welcome to Clearing the Queue with Alex and Matt. Here's how it works. Each episode starts with a friend of ours signing into their Netflix account. Together, we scroll through their queue. Ultimately, we find a movie that's been on there a little too long, and we watch it together. The best part is that every queue is unique, so it tells a story about the person. Here's a question. Are we going to record ourselves talking about the movie during the movie? No, 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 no. This is not Mystery Science Theater 3000. It's uh, Clearing the Queue. A Netflix podcast. <laughs> Our guest this week is... Other Alex. Other Alex. We'll be calling him Other Alex for this week. Yeah. And uh, he is a retired podcast producer. Hello, podcast land. When I met you on the Griffith Park hike, you were immediately introduced to me as, Alex, say what you just say about my cue. Oh, <laughs> yes. And my cue is where things go to die. And we're like, you're signed you're up. In. You're in. Yes. He's like, I'm into what? We're like, just trust us. You're in. <laughs> yeah. It I was mean, funny because we had been, uh, Alex, other Alex and I had been on a hike and I was telling him about the podcast and then we just serendipitously bumped into original Alex like OG five Alex. minutes later on the on the trail. We sealed it up and here we are. Here we are. Here we are. So uh, you've you've signed into your queue. I've got Bef- it. Before we get to that queue, are you familiar with the movie American Beauty? I am familiar with the movie American Beauty. Do you remember the plastic bag that was kind of floating around? Oh my god, is this the actual plastic this is bag? The actual this is plastic it. bag. This it was is a amazing. good get. It yeah. was a good get. It it cost us a pretty penny, but um, we've we've co-opted. We got it, it on loan from the Smithsonian. <laughs> it's so beautiful. It is beautiful. What's inside is even more beautiful. So we'd like to ask you to just reach your hand in and okay. just grab. <laughs> Wait, should I close my eyes for this? You can. Yeah. And just grab one little thing out of that bag. There's a lot oh, of things. Oh, just grab so one. Many things. Will you finish a movie? All the way to the end, even if you aren't into it. I will probably not, because I have trouble finishing movies even if I am into it. <laughs> really? <laughs> That's how ADD I am. I'm like, ah. I'm so into this movie, I probably need to tie my shoe right now and then wash the dishes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So you're like the target demo for YouTube. Like, you must love little internet clips. I'm actually more the target demo for Vine. Oh, oh wow. even faster yeah. yeah, and shorter. I mean, it might catch me like in a moment where I'm not trying to multitask. Yeah. Right. Has what? that ever bitten you? Have you ever not finished something that and found out later that something really crucial to the whole plot of a movie happened only to find out later? I rewind a lot. Oh. I'm also oh. a big rewatcher. So the 30 second skip rewind or the 30, 30 second, second forwards, 10 seconds back. Best friend in the world. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I like that. So my issue with Vine is it like repeats. It's a little short thing that repeats. And I never want to watch it the second time. Like I'll watch something. I'm like, okay, I don't know. I don't know what the appeal is of watching something seven times. Oh, dude, have you ever watched a sport highlight? Like a dunk or like a really Yeah, sweet... and like the first time it's awesome. And the second time I'm like, yeah, that's cool. And the third time I'm like, eh, and then by the fourth I'm like, oh, it's not. Do you not like animated GIFs? Yeah, once. <laughs> I don't uh, need them to To me, they're really? just an evolve. They're like... Uh, <laughs> In uh, that movie, uh, what's the movie about the wine in Napa Valley? 
Sideways? It's like sideways, how like wine is an organic living thing. Gifts are the exact same <laughs> way. They're ever changing. You see new things in it. And I'm sure that's how you feel about vines. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, I just want to watch puppies wag their tails over and over <laughs> well, and over. Okay, that makes sense to me. Like gifts where it's something that naturally loops. That makes sense, where it can seem like it's just perpetually happening, mm. as opposed to a clip of something like a sports highlight, where it's like, he dunks, and then it's him back at the beginning, and then he runs down and dunks. You and can really like, absorb it all in one one take? I don't... Uh, all that I greatness? Don't I don't know if I can absorb Sometimes it. Sometimes you've got to look at the reactions of the crowd. It's always something new. Sometimes you got to look at the reactions of the crowd. That's a good pearl of wisdom. I like that you have the ADD thing, because that means you're probably... There's a lot of stuff in your queue that is just overdue for being watched uh-oh what's it what's in there I, i'm a little well, I was gonna scared. say if you if you knew or know at all not a clue what we're in for not i mean i was telling you guys before we started taping that i think it might be all softcore gay porn <laughs> but it might not be i don't know you tell me do you share a cue or account with anybody like what well, this is anything in here tainted in any way. Ooh, there might be a couple ex-boyfriends on there. Okay, shout them out as we get, as we get to them. All right. Yeah, Did you want to do one more American Beauty bag question? Sure, let's do one more question. One more question? Bag. All right. Yeah. Reaching into the American Beauty bag and... What's your favorite foreign language film and do you prefer subtitles or overdubbing? Well, first of all, subtitles always. Yeah. I mean... Yep. Even in English stuff? Uh, you know, it, it helps with the ADD a little bit. Because, like, I have to at least finish the sentence. Uh-huh. Uh, I can normally get that far through something. But, um, ooh, favorite foreign movie? There are a lot. I'd probably go with Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Uh, it's a, I think it's a Wong Kar Wai movie. Uh, and it's just about beautiful food in Taiwan and this relationship between a father who's this master chef and the daughter who really just wants to be one. I like that. That's good. That brings up another controversial opinion I have. Ooh. (laughs) Which is, I tend not to enjoy watching movies about food because I like eating food. Yeah. But then if I'm sitting there watching it, I'm like, but I can't eat what's there. Oh, yeah. I mean, this is just total food porn for me. Yeah. Because it's all just like beautiful Chinese food that you can't get in the U.S., and just like, oh, maybe that's how you make it, but maybe not. It's And you have a history, an Asian background. I am, in fact, half Asian. Um, so for our listeners. Yeah. And I used to live in China. So I actually, and that was probably, it was a movie I watched before I moved to China. And then like got to actually live it. I, I would even watch that movie while I was getting Chinese takeout in China to <laughs> okay, really go full circle. That makes sense to me. <laughs> that, to me, sounds appealing. Like, yeah, because then you're not losing anything. No, I was living the it's dream like the right senses. then and there. Yeah, and you also took us to I don't I don't know if we want to blow up their spot, but the best Thai dessert place in Los Angeles. Oh yeah, but maybe we want to keep it on the DL because there might be some illegal happenings there. Yeah, I mean you don't want like the sweets to you know suddenly like come over and like put concrete on your shoes or something. Yeah, so we'll leave it at that. But it was really good. We went there right before the hike where we bumped into Alex. You had dessert before the hike? (laughs) (laughs) You just, you know, you need a little sweet treat sometimes. Like you make it up Griffith. To be fair, we ate about half of the desserts before the hike and then saved those banana things yeah. For when we were halfway up through the hike. 
okay. as like a little pick me up. You really don't ever work out. That's not what you <laughs> want to be doing. You really either need to be motivated so hard the whole way through. Um, all right, that's it for the American Beauty bag. It was a good. I like the. I like the celebrity status that comes with this little plastic sure. bag. Yeah. yeah, I'm glad that you recognize the bag. Oh, totally. I would recognize it anywhere. <laughs> um, all right. Cue it up. Yeah. Um, so we don't. There's some TV right off the bat in here, and we don't. We don't fucks with the TV. Okay. Because we just can't watch every episode. Right off the top, you got House of Cards, Mind of a Chef by Anthony mm, Bourdain. So good. Good Eats Collection, Food mm. Network, um, An Idiot Abroad, which is the Ricky Gervais uh, like reality. Oh yeah. Documentary. Oh uh, okay. American Horror Story. I don't know if this is a TV show. It's called Advantageous. Oh, that is a movie. Let's uh, hear about it. What is it? Uh, it's a movie about... It takes place in the future where people can be... Their minds can be transplanted into new bodies. Wasn't that a Bruce Willis movie? Uh, yeah, and in a Maldivar movie. Uh-huh. It says it's yeah. a drama, independent drama, and it's, it's the... It's a five-star rating. It says, in order... To keep her job at a biomedical engineering firm that prizes youth, a middle-aged woman must submit to a drastic experimental procedure. I'm intrigued. I'm very intrigued. And you haven't seen this. I have seen it. It's uh, great. Uh, ah. Yeah. So is this one of those... So when you've got your cue here, mm-hmm. it's things that you want to see and then also some stuff on there that's like, I, I loved it and so I want to just remember it in case I want to rewatch it. I'm honestly surprised it's even in my queue because I think I watched that almost immediately. Mm. Uh. Um, I love you, Philip Morris. Hmm. Jim Carrey, Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen that? No, haven't seen it. So that showed up in original Alex's queue. <laughs> yes. Okay. Which we talked about as a movie that, as a big Jim Carrey fan, you added and probably will never be in the mood to watch. No, and but I just one did, time, I to do it because I, I love Jim so much. And at one time you had seen all of his movies. Yeah, and this is one of the few that was like rated well after The Truman Show. Yeah. Like after The Truman Show, he just didn't make good movies anymore. What's funny about that is I actually hate Jim Carrey. Really? Ah. You've always hated him? Always. Like hated the mask, like hated everything he's done. Because there's something about the way How his old face- were you when like Ace Ventura and like... I was probably, I mean, I'm probably the same age as you guys, so like yeah. 13, 12, mm. maybe, right around there. Yeah, that's Just the right age. wasn't into it. I f- have there ever, have there been any roles that you liked him in? I mean, the Truman Show, but like, that doesn't even really count, because that's not Eternal Jim Carrey. Eternal Sunshine? Oh, it, oh, okay, I love that movie. But he's not really doing Jim Carrey stuff. Right, anymore. right. Do you not like, like, goofballs? Like, did you like Adam Sandler? No, I actually, I did not like Adam Sandler. Mm. I apparently have no sense of humor or like you know childhood <laughs> in my background. So why? Because you were in China when all this stuff was coming out. I mean, people often ask me like, "So are you American?" <laughs> mm. No, I was in the states. I was you know in Massachusetts, just sort of plodding along. Were you mature for your age? Too mature for your age? I was a snotty little Daria wannabe. Uh... Daria. Everything is a little too cool for school. Oh, yeah. I like that. I, I would picture that Daria doesn't like Jim Carrey, you know? In her prime? She certainly wouldn't like Beavis and Butthead. What about, okay, what about, like, Will Ferrell? Yeah. So you don't like goofball shtick, like... I mean, I like Will Ferrell's funnier die stuff. Maybe I just, like, sort of, you know, got a little, like, happier when or like I, SNL? Like... like, you, like... Oh, yeah, I love SNL. Something, like, a little more subversive humor Yeah, wise. like, maybe a little more political. So you like Jim there. Carrey's in Living Color stuff. Not necessarily. Ooh, I've never seen it. 
Oh, I mean, you hate was, it. You would hate it. I would hate it. Okay, <laughs> perfect. Crossed off the list. All right, back to the back to the the queue. Uh, Ascension got nothing. Crickets. What it is looks it? like a, oh, it's a TV show. Yeah. Uh, we've got oh. our first uh, gay and lesbian drama. Finally, on the list. this one's called Weekend. Ah, uh, it's so good. It's only forty-four. Oh no, no, it's an hour thirty. It's a movie. Yeah, Weekend. You've it's seen. Movie. You've seen Weekend. I've seen it. Uh, it's actually by the director of Looking. Um, it's his first movie, I think. Uh-huh. Uh, it's good. It's and it's a real good capsule of what it's like to be a young gay man right now. Who's Looking HBO or Showtime? Uh, HBO. Okay. Yeah. Right. So they're trying to make like the Sex in the City style, but not so. They're yeah, maybe to do like a more authentic look. Yeah, exactly. Like, but San Francisco and not New York. How I Live Now. Haven't seen it. It's an hour and 41 minutes. An American teen summer romance with an English boy comes to an abrupt end when rumors of World War III become a reality. I'm in. You haven't, se- you haven't seen it. <laughs> haven't seen How it. How did you add this to the queue? What, how, what's the story behind this one? So that is my like wheelhouse in terms of films. Like, post-apocalyptic, like, mm-hmm. maybe sort of, like, teenage, you know, like, you gotta, like, it's you against the world kind of stuff. Like, yeah, Hunger Games, I love all that. I'm basically a 13-year-old girl still. I love post-apocalyptic. I've also wondered lately, how come we never hear about things being apocalyptic? You kind of mm. only hear about the post. Right, it's never, like, currently apocalyptic. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe someone should... <laughs> or pre-apocalyptic? I guess that's what the next X-Men movie is, right? I hope you haven't seen this. Kill Bill Volume 1. Oh, seen it. Many times. Um, but no other Tarantino stuff quite yet. Is there something about Kill Bill that you prefer? You know, it's actually funny. I haven't seen a lot of Tarantino movies. Like, I never saw his first one. What was it? Uh, Reservoir Dogs? Yeah, never saw Reservoir Dogs. <sighs> that's a good one. You should see that. And actually, right. that should be in my queue. If it's not, I'm going to be a little surprised. If it's not, Alex, add it, and then we can watch it. All right, perfect. And then we can delete it. Uh, we've got a something called Boys. Just Boys. With an S or a Z? It's an unrated an movie. While training for an important sporting event, teen athletes Seeger and Mark, with a C, strike up a friendship that soon develops into something more passionate. And there is our softcore gay porn. I told you guys. <laughs> look at the look at the, the Oh yeah. Yeah, a lot uh-huh. of guys it's not, looks it's, like they're going swimming maybe. It's not filed under gay lesbian though. It's just international dramas. We should send Netflix a <laughs> an email. Like by the way, so you haven't seen this. You've got, I've seen you've gotten 10 minutes into this. Oh. Oh, you can see that there? Yeah. I, I say it wasn't just seven this time. That's good. That's, yeah. All right. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, that's on the list. Uh, Melancholia, that movie with, uh, what's her name, from Kristen Dunst. Shows a little topless action in that one. Oh. I don't know how I know All that. All right. Spoiler alert. <laughs> Melancholia? No. Haven't seen it. Do you know why it's on the list? Uh, probably because it's sort of apocalyptic-y, oh. or I thought it was. Okay. Yeah. This inventive drama charts the disintegrating relationship between two sisters just as Earth hurtles towards collision with another planet. <laughs> yes. I love your... Pre-apocalyptic. Yeah, Pre- there we go. We did it. Yeah. This was also in here that my wife added, The Queen of Versailles. Wasn't that in mine? But I claim to have no... Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye world. <laughs> Goodbye world, which is the most post-apocalyptic cover. Oh, it's the dude from uh, from uh, Adrian Grenier from uh, Ten Things I Hate About You. Oh, yeah. 
Goodbye world, but you got to just look at the the, the thumbnail. Oh <laughs> yeah, I de- that's something that would definitely just immediately. It's just add gritty. Yeah, yeah. Short term twelve. So I haven't seen that one because that sounds a little bit too much like my current job. <laughs> retired a, podcast producer. Yeah, retired podcast producer and Brie Larson's in it. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm sort of like a budding young therapist for kids right now. So okay. short term twelve just sounds like. You know, nine to five. You got two minutes in and then stopped. <laughs> yeah. Um, we found another gay softcore porn. It's called Keep the Lights On. Oh, yeah. Check this one out. The physical romance between a gay filmmaker and his attorney soon evolves into a more complex relationship, laced with conflicting desires. Whoa. Doesn't sound very conflicting. I mean... You know, you gotta have a little tension in there somewhere, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, this one, we got Get one a called... a little rough. Got no. one called Kaboom. Too much? No, it's good. <laughs> Kaboom? Kaboom, no. Don't know. A college student spends his days hanging with his friends and his nights lusting after his straight roommate until a wild party shatters his world. Oh, so more gay porn. Perfect. Kaboom. Yeah. Yeah. And also some world shattering, so we got the little apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. Uh, this one's called Happy, a not rated documentary happy takes views on a journey from the swamps of louisiana to the slums of kolkata in search of what really makes people happy i think i heard about that on a ted talk i think maybe? um is that the one that uh pharrell williams did the soundtrack for oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um you've got i know you've seen this but it, it flies in the face of your jim carrey hatred it's bill and ted's excellent adventure love it it's, it's just so in good. There. It's Could just you in meaning there. to rewatch it. Yeah, we uh, we did we reviewed mine for my clearing the queue, and we saw a time travel movie that was the polar opposite <laughs> of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Was it, it like was hot like, tub time machine or something? No, no, no. When I say polar opposite, like there were very, very real consequences <laughs> to doing anything time travel related. It was very serious, very dry, very intense. Okay, we've got Stakeland. Stake, S-T-A-K-E, land. Oh, you know, I think I started watching that and I never finished it. Vampire hunter, Mr. Trains a young Martin to survive the nightmare that America has become as they journey (laughs) to the safety of New Eden. So Donald Trump actually created New Eden. Like, this is sort of after he wins. And then they're vampires. This is real life? No. (laughs) No. Um, you know, it's just, it's a sci-fi thriller, sci-fi thriller. Yeah. Got, uh, dare more gay porn devil. No, no, it's just dare. It might be, but it's got the guy from Friday night lights in it. In their final semester of high school, a good girl, an outcast and a bad boy shed their youthful inhibitions and take some decidedly grown up risks. So yes. Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> and Alan Cummings is in this as well. And he's also sort of in those movies too. Uh, How to Survive a Plague. This looks like McLovin's in it. Faced with their own mortality, a group of HIV positive young people break the mold in taking on Washington and the medical establishment. It's a documentary. Okay. Hold on. I, well, I thought it was, I thought it was post-apocalyptic. Yeah, it sounded post-apocalyptic. McLovin is <laughs> in very, it? Huh? McLovin is in that? No, but it looks like McLovin. From this little thing. Oh, now. yeah, it does. Oh, it does look like McLovin. You have Reservoir Dogs in your queue. All right. Yes. Wow. I wish we could prove to the audience that we didn't just add it. Um, you've got Drinking Buddies. 
Haven't seen it. Okay, let's talk about Drinking Buddies because there's a category of movies that I'm convinced Netflix adds to your queue without, for you without you knowing. Correct. Okay. And Drinking Buddies clearly is one of those because it is just always popping up. It's like every, you know, it gives you the list of categories. Mm-hmm. It shows up in all of them. Like they really want me to watch that movie. Have you watched it? No. Is it in your queue? No. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about. I mean, no, I know it's about my queue right now. I don't want to like you know flip it on yeah. your queue. Uh, it's got you know Jake from uh, New Girl, New Girl, and Anna Kendrick from Things, and <laughs> Olivia Wilde. It looks kind of like a really bland, like romantic comedy. Um, Francis Ha. Yeah, haven't seen it. Here it's great. No, it's fine. Dude, they like find themselves fine. in New York. Yeah, right. That's what you do in New York, right? You find yourself. Have you lived in New York? I have. Yeah, you don't need to see it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I found myself there, actually. That's exactly. why I now live in L.A. Correct. Yeah. Mushi Shi. Mushi Shi. Mushi Shi. I think that that is a series. It is. It's an anime series. Yeah. So my mom's really into Asian extreme movies. Like, she's this nice little Japanese lady who will trot up to when, you know, they still had video stores. She would go to the clerk and be like, what's your most violent Asian movie that you have in stock? <laughs> like, oh, we got one for you today, Linda. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, this one was just remade, so I'm thinking the original is probably pretty sweet. Old Boy? Now, awesome. I don't know anything about it, but I do know that like J- Josh Brolin was like in the remake. But Have you ever seen Stoker? No. Uh, same director as Stoker. Chan-Wook uh, Park. Yeah, Chan-Wook Park. Uh, what are his movies like? It's gritty and like sort of like Quentin Tarantino, actually. I'd say he's the, the Korean Quentin Tarantino. Just like needlessly violent, but kind of like gloriously so. You like, got five like, minutes in. And then you decided to stop. Uh, I probably saw it somewhere else. Yeah, Quentin, but you know. Quentin Tarrant Carino? Yes. Just just imagine someone killing someone else with a live octopus. It's pretty awesome. Wow, your cue just keep. Happen? Oh, we're almost at the end. We're almost at the end. Prince Avalanche. Is it about Prince? No, but <laughs> Paul Rudd's in it. It looks like an indie movie that like Paul Rudd was in. Because I'll see he anything wanted to... that he's in. Yeah. It's uh, while re- repainting traffic lines along a burnt out stretch of rural highway, a mismatched pair from an unlike- unlikely bond that builds upon their differences. And Paul Rudd has a mustache in this. That's probably why it's in my queue. <laughs> right there. <laughs> Paul Rudd and Emile Hirsch. It's going to be hard to top Paul Rudd with a mustache. The only two that I can think of that, that might be on that level would be Goodbye World and Reservoir Dogs. Those are the three that I. I'm in it. I'm in with those two. Yeah, three. I mean, Reservoir Dogs is like we even just said it before that you've never seen his. Never first seen. One. Yeah. I mean, I like to go to the Rotten Tomatoes for this. I, do you do you buy into Rotten Tomatoes? Oh, totally. Yeah. Will that sway you? Totally. Should we do over under on like what like it's going to get on Rotten Tomatoes? We could do that. Sure. Reservoir Dogs seems like it would be real high. It's yeah. got to be at least a ninety-two. Right. I was going to say ninety-five. And the number is enhance loading loading right on a ninety. Right on a ninety. All right. All right. How about because uh, I've got this pulled up? How about Goodbye World? Rotten Tomatoes. I think that's like a fifty-six or lower. I'll go with the seventy-three. This was the Adrian Grenier movie about Cor- the correct, and it is a twenty-four. Ooh. So you know, sometimes you can. Remove a movie from the queue without even watching it, and uh, Ooh, that, you might guys—you might have just done that for me. And then, lastly, we've got Prince Avalanche, 
Anybody want to... Uh... 80, 87. I'm going to guess that might be like a 15. Just from like the little thumbnails Ooh. thing. Alex says 87. You say 15. It's an 82. Ooh. All right. That's mm. pretty good. What does the little blurb say? A step back in the right direction for director David Gordon Green... Prince Avalanche shambles amiably along with a pair of artfully low-key performances from Paul Rudd and Emile Hirsch. I mean, whoever wrote shambles amiably, I hope they got the job that they were applying for. They were trying to impress somebody with with that wordplay. Alex, you undersold this. Not only does he have a mustache, but he's wearing overalls. (laughs) I mean, maybe... Maybe this is the winner. I well, mean, so it's this shambling is how, amiably. This is a good one because we've got... I think so. We'll get rid of Goodbye World, right? Yeah. Will you watch... You'll probably watch Reservoir Dogs soon, right? Ooh, if it's in my queue, probably not. Mm. The question is, which of these are you least likely to watch on your own that we can help you by watching today and clearing it? Honestly, probably Reservoir Dogs because everyone else I know has already seen it. Yeah, let's do it. Great point. All right, we're going to watch Reservoir Dogs. All right. Meanwhile, while we go watch that... The listeners are going to hear the trailer for Reservoir Dogs, and then uh, we'll come back and talk about it. Face! Put the gun down! Hear your names, Mr. White, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink. Why am I Mr. Pink? Who cares what your name is? Yeah, that's easy for you to say. You're Mr. White. You have a cool-sounding name. Let's go to work. Well, I don't know why I came here tonight. I got the feeling of something right. What happens if the manager won't give you the diamonds? Cut off one of his fingers. The little one. I feel scared in case I fall out of the chair. And I'm wondering how I'll get down the stairs. If they hadn't done what I told them not to do, they'd still be alive. It's so hard to keep this mouth on my face. You're acting like a first year thief. I'm acting like a professional. Doing 10 years, taking Harvey Keitel, Tim Roth, Chris Penn, Steve Buscemi, Lawrence Tierney, and Michael Madsen. They're the Reservoir Dogs. Hey, Joe, want me to shoot this guy? All right, so we just watched Reservoir Dogs, and uh, just a quick synopsis, and for our listeners, we're going to spoil the shit out of this movie, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it, and then uh, listen to us talk about it. Basically, it's about it. It's a heist kind of movie, and you got a group of criminals, they get together to steal some diamonds. You see them before the heist. They've all got fake names, Mr. White, Mr. Orange, Mr. Brown, Mr. Blonde, Mr. Pink. Nice guy, Eddie. He doesn't get a color because uh, his dad, Joe, is the lead guy. So he doesn't need to protect his identity because they all know it's his son. Uh, and then basically it cuts to right after the heist and it's gone horribly wrong. A bunch of them are dead. There's blood everywhere. They meet up in this warehouse and basically spend most of the movie trying to figure out why it went wrong, who the rat was. And um, everybody ends up dead. Literally everybody that you meet in this movie is dead by the end of it. It's quite Shakespearean in that way. (laughs) It is. It's a tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of limes, a lot of coconuts. (laughs) Yeah. Shake it all up. (laughs) 
Uh, I, I wrote a, I had a running list going while we were watching it. This is Quentin Tarantino's first film. And I made a list of like Quentinisms, like things in this movie that you then just see in like all of his movies. And yeah, one of them is music used ironically. Pop right. music. Yeah, yeah, using like a happy pop song over a gruesome fucking bloody scene. Uh, a couple other Quentinisms that I noticed. Weird angles. Like shots of people like through mirrors or through like long hallways and doorways. Uh, people smoking cigarettes and making cigarettes look cool. People using the N-word. A uh, lot of guns. White guys using the N-word. Yeah. White guys using the N-word. Der- in a derogatory way. I mean, Cutting edge stuff. <laughs> every character in this movie is a straight white male. <laughs> so, so that was a thing. And then another big Quentinism is tangential conversations. That just have no bearing on the plot, but just two people talking about some pop culture shit. Waxing philosophic about yeah, yeah. a mundane, yep. whether it be uh, like big a virgin. Royales with, che- Royales with cheese. Yeah, it starts yeah. off with them talking about like a version <laughs> and about the sort of like what, what that song is about. You missed one, Quentinism. You I have a couple talk- more oh, written down. <laughs> um, but what, which one did I miss? Well, the non-linear storytelling. I've got that. I wrote flashbacks. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I was watching that, and he was really into Japanese movies, right? Or he, yeah. Yes. Kung Fu yeah, movies. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. that was feeling... Have you guys ever seen Rashomon? No. No. So, like, Akira Kurosawa... Actually, I was almost named after Akira Kurosawa. Kurosawa That's- makes mad flicks. That's a line from the Bare Naked Ladies. <laughs> That's all I know about Kurosawa. Oh, that would have made this podcast a lot easier because then we wouldn't have had to call you Other Alex, which I realize is like a little insulting. It's our, you know, new not Alex. insulting, but yeah, yeah, new Alex would have been nicer. Right. Alex Prime. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So you're saying about Kurosawa? Uh, but yeah, no, I mean, so Rashomon is basically just this movie of flashbacks, like what really happened. Mm. And I think, you know, it's, if you watch that movie and then you watch this movie, it's just, you really see the parallels. Like, yeah. everyone retelling the story and you get a little bit of a piece every time until finally the whole movie comes together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, so I saw this movie in college, I don't know, 10 plus years ago, and I remembered nothing. I knew that it ended with everyone dead, but literally I didn't remember who the rat was. So we were watching it and mm. I was like shocked and surprised oh, good. by all these things that kept happening. Yeah, well, okay, so let me ask you, is your last Quintinism sort of like the city as a character? Because, <laughs> uh, I don't know, this felt, felt like just like yeah. a real L.A. movie to me. Like, And not just because it takes place in L.A., but like, you know, you have all these sort of like places in L.A. that are kind of just, you know, part of the scenery that maybe you like wouldn't normally go and actually stop, right? Because mm-hmm. this is a city of cars, right? You're right. always driving by these places, but right. it seems like he takes this film and he just places it right in those places that you would normally drive by. What were your immediate, were you surprised by it at all? Was it better than you thought it was going to be? Was it worse? Um, Did it feel dated at all? I think it's less polished than maybe I thought it was going to be. It was made for 1.2 million. Okay. And by contrast, Pulp Fiction was made for like 8.4. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I, I think it was just maybe the, the dialogue felt a little more staccato than maybe mm. some other things. Like maybe like he delivery. now, yeah, like now he would do a few more takes or he would prep his actors differently. I don't know. Did you have an image of what this movie was before you saw it? Yeah, you know, I actually thought it was going to be a lot more urban, mm. maybe, mm-hmm. and a little bit less sort of like wise guy. Yeah, it's funny. At one point, gangster. At one wise point guy. in yeah. the in the movie, somebody 
says the word Goodfellas just in casual conversation, which is not a term that people use in casual conversation. And I feel like it was Quentin's way of just being like, Goodfellas, look, I saw this movie. The thing I, so I've, this probably saw this for the fifth time and I enjoyed more than I ever have the Michael Madsen character. So Mr. I was going to say that. Yeah. He was the most fun. Understand why like he just probably just gets work based on people that saw this movie and just loved this role. I mean, and he's in every Quentin movie and another little side thing. So his, Real name, they mention it at the like the pre screening yeah. interview. It's Vic Vega. Yeah. And John Travolta's Pulp Fiction character is Vincent Vega. Oh. Um, and I think I'd heard that they're maybe supposed to be, it's like a Tarantino universe where they're nice. related, but it's Vic Vega. I like that. Okay. But Brothers? he was so funny in this. Yeah, he so, was really funny. Well, like, so they refer to him as the crazy guy, and then he delivers this, like, really crazy. Yeah. Performance where yeah. he's just like, you just don't, like, he's as unpredictable as they describe. Totally, because at parts he's like really cool and collected and he speaks really and low. Steve right. Buscemi, yeah, Steve Buscemi says, like, he's like, well, he was nuts there, but he seems cool now. <laughs> right. And then they leave and he fucking freaks out again and just goes like total psycho and he's dancing around and. Yeah. Cutting dudes' ears off, I'm at, like yeah, and like to the beat too, right? You know, <laughs> it's not like it's really awful when you when you're off beat when you're cutting someone's right. ear off. Yeah, he does it right on the slice of, yeah. of uh, stuck in the middle with you. So they all have fake names. Alex Popkin and I have a tradition of giving fake names at Starbucks, and uh, not like crazy ones, but just, just but like ones that are believable. But just like Alex sometimes goes by Carl. I know that's one of yours. I thought it would be funny. I once took a photo of my coffee at Starbucks and sent it to Alex because I had told them my name was Alex. <laughs> uh, have you ever given a fake name? Have I ever given a fake name? I might start going by Akira now just to see Mr. what happens. Akira. Mr. Akira. Akira, you've got to really sell it, though. Right. Because that's not like Carl. Like right. That's going to draw attention. You know, but I mean, I'm going to have to spell it the same way every time if I go into the same Starbucks, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, otherwise they're going to catch on to me. I just feel like this, I don't know, did, did, it just felt super cool. I mean, it's still just a very cool movie. I don't know if you guys felt that way. It like really could have been done as a play very easily, and I'm sure it's been done as a totally. play. Yeah, I mean, you're totally. in one setting for most of it. It did feel cool. It was hard to watch. I mean, there were moments for what me. What was like the hardest the part? factor. Other than like the ear cutting? The ear cutting was pretty hard. It said in the Wikipedia that like during the Sundance screening, people were walking out of that. Because it was just too much. Yeah. Yeah. If if you saw this movie and didn't know who Quentin Tarantino was, you know, if this was the first movie by him and you're just like at an independent film thing and this comes on, yeah, you'd be like, what the fuck is going on? It's so over the top. I mean, I think really like we've just been desensitized by Quentin Tarantino, right? We've like just yes. come to expect it that like blood will fly across yeah. rooms, right? Totally. Yeah. You look at Django and like in the last, you know couple scenes of that movie like dozens of people get killed so and it, you know inglorious bastards it's like a whole fucking movie theater of people getting killed so in this one it's like what you know seven eight guys right it's nothing um what was your reaction to when mr orange kills michael madsen fucking shock and again i've seen this movie and i like gasped because i didn't remember that happening at all right it was incredible right before he's about to douse the yeah which I was ready for like a super cool like just like cigarette butt to go like across the warehouse yep. and a little like cop BQ. You feel like you've seen it before. Yeah. yeah. 
I wrote a note to myself. Well, because we have seen it in Usual Suspects, which we talked about a little mm. in between the recording. I wrote, are cigarettes cool? <laughs> yes. Like, Quentin yeah. Tarantino seems to really think cigarettes are cool. And I'm not a cigarette guy, but I'm watching this going like, damn. I want a cigarette right now. Kind of. Like, it seems like right after a heist gone wrong, nothing's going to totally. calm you down yeah. quite like a nicotine buzz. Did you notice, though, that in the scene... In that first scene when Tim Roth and Harvey Keitel are, like, chatting in the other room, and Harvey Keitel lights... You mean Steve Buscemi. That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. When... Yeah, yeah. Tim Roth is bleeding out. He lights Steve Buscemi's cigarette, and then he goes to light his own, and he doesn't light his own. That... Did you really notice that? really bothered me. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. He's also trying to do the snap... The snap yeah. light, and then... He Couldn't just gives do it. it up. Yeah. <laughs> he just gives it up, and just... That but felt... he'll always try. He'll always yeah. try to look extra cool. That <laughs> like, who are you trying to impress? Like you're never going to work with this guy again. Was there enough apocalypse or sci-fi so, to hold I, your attention? Yeah, because I, I feel like the non-linear right. approach was going to help keep you with the mini twists. Yeah, because it was sort of like a lot of little vines stacked yeah, together. A, little, a lot of little vines. Yeah, right. Ooh, that could work because there was no Asian food. Right. And there was no real gay and lesbian theme. Yeah. I, I mean, a couple homophobic slurs aside. Yeah, you know, but like, you gotta sort of butter me up before you go there. Sure. Right. So yeah, post-apocalyptic was the only thing that he was even close to in terms of your big three. Yeah, no, I mean, this was actually, this is generally outside of what I normally watch. Yeah. And actually, and to be honest, I almost never watch gay films because they're normally horrible, but like... I'll watch it just because I feel like I should like support the. You'll add it to the queue. Yeah. You'll watch the first ten minutes of it. You'll leave it in the queue. Exactly, and it just stays there forever. That's supportive. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, it's like I want it to feel good about itself. It's sort of like everyone gets a medal. It's like when your friend has a Kickstarter thing and you don't donate to it, but you do like retweet it or share. Right, it on exactly. <laughs> but you no, like yeah, and I you did sort of, my part. Yeah, and you file that away in your head. So when you have a Kickstarter, it's like, yeah. oh, I'm gonna hit up this guy. Totally. Yeah. Oh, that was another thing. So the, uh, Tim Roth's anecdote, right? Yeah. Uh, in the, about the cops in yeah. the bathroom. He's carrying weed in yeah. a bag. Yeah. That to me was the one thing that felt dated. Because if he's it has weed in California. Who gives a shit? Right. Yeah. Mm. I also felt like that anecdote just didn't go anywhere. There was no... I thought there was going to be a big funny thing at the end and instead... But I think that's the beauty of the anecdote. It's like... Why would this guy go through all this trouble to tell me this really realistic, detailed story? That's not even funny. Right. <laughs> and I used a hand dryer instead of a paper towel. Right. Yeah. And in the early 90s, that was a big deal environmentally. Right. You know, that we, were, we didn't really realize yet. We didn't have a Dyson Airblade. We didn't, we didn't have the accelerator either. Mm, the world dryer. Yeah. That's my personal favorite. It's a really good one. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Um, cool. Well, uh, we need to rate this yeah. because the way Netflix works is you see a movie, you give it a star rating, one, two, three, four, five, and then that helps Netflix, the algorithm, you know, recommend stuff to you. Yeah, and there's a couple right. approaches to this. There's, if you want to move the needle down or up, you go one or five. That's one person's approach. Or you just give it what you actually think it deserves. Oh. Um, well, I wouldn't want to try to confuse our robo- robot overlords. Uh-huh. And there's the other thing. like If you rate it well, more Reservoir Dogs-like movies will be showing up in your queue. So think about that, too. Ooh, that's true. I'm going to go, and I'll rate it in real time for you. All right. I, I would say that I could go with more... Well, actually, well, here's my question. Netflix predicts my rating, right? 
Uh, right? Because there's like the red stars and the gold stars. and the Oh, so oh. right now what I'm looking at is five red stars. So oh. I think that's just the community rating. Okay. I think that's... I, I thought that was the predicted rating, no? That would be amazing if it was predicting your rating. So that was always my understanding, but I could be wrong about that. We should look, well, let's look into that because that's fucking cool if they can do that. Yeah. Because there's some bad movies that I know that I would like. Right. <laughs> and it is right about it 100% of the time. Wow. All right. We might have just learned something new. So it thinks that you're going to give this five stars. Like if it is a soft core porn, post-apocalyptic, like... With some sushi. With some sushi, then it'll give me five stars and it'll like have no plot line. Right. Right. No synopsis. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It'll just like, you know, we just like threw some pictures up here, you know, and like maybe a It's a screensaver, basically. Exactly. (laughs) Flying toasters. It's seven minutes long. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Like like seven seconds. Like that's really all I can handle. Uh, but no, I'm going to I'm gonna go with what Netflix tells me I like. I'm going to say this is a solid five stars. Wow. Yeah. Strong. Locked in. Locked in. That's a, great. A lot more Reservoir Dogs in my future. Your rating? Um, this is four for me. I need some way to distinguish between this and Pulp Fiction. <laughs> and so to me, Pulp Fiction is a five star movie. And this is four stars. It's It's great. But like... This one just has a little too much blood for me. The the I felt like Pulp Fiction is uh, Nevermind uh-huh. and uh, Reservoir Dogs is Bleach, but, <laughs> but okay, yeah. Although Bleach isn't good, so or it's not musically right. Like it was just a little raw and uh-huh. more low budge. Yeah, but the ideas were there. All his ideas are there. Yeah, and then Nevermind was the mainstream one that just yeah. brought it. Yep. All these ideas to the mainstream. So loud, quiet. Is loud. Jackie Brown in utero? Yes, because a lot of people kind of like it. A lot of people kind of. Think, <laughs> uh, okay, all right. But that's how I stand. I all go right. five stars. I don't want to differentiate the two. Mm, unlike you, okay. I think they're equal. And I think what makes Reservoir Dogs great, all the seeds for what made Pulp Fiction ready to like be even more mainstream. Yeah, like Bruce Willis in particular doesn't take like any money to work on this because he saw Reservoir Dogs and this was like right. really inventive and really yeah. cool. So that's my take. All right. All right. Well, Alex, congratulations. You just got one step closer to Clearing the queue. That was Clearing the queue. If you have heard anything you like or know that we were just dead wrong about, you can email us at uh, clearingthequeue at gmail.com. Q is spelled Q-U-E-U-E. That's a tough one. And if your thoughts are funny, we'll read it on air. Follow us on Twitter at CTQ Podcast, Instagram at Clearing the queue, Facebook.com slash Clearing the queue. Subscribe on iTunes. Yeah, subscribe on iTunes. <laughs> I don't know how you do that. <laughs>